Okay, how about this? Can you guys hear me now? All right. We're just going to get started now with the topic again. Let me reintroduce it. We are getting started with the topic postpartum hemorrhage for Winning Wednesday. There we go. Thumbs up, everybody, if you can hear me. All right. Winning Wednesday. Uh, we're going to do postpartum hemorrhage, and then we are going to go over the five NCLEX questions just to make sure that you know what you're supposed to know about the topic. All right. Now, I just put on the screen here NCLEX Toberfest. It is going down next week. So from October 24th to the 27th, we have something for you to help you get ready for NCLEX. So Monday, we have Monday Motivation. Tuesday, POW NCLEX Game Night is happening where we're going to give out cash prizes for your knowledge. Who's doing that? We are, yeah. We're going to reward nursing students for knowing NCLEX information. That's Tuesday. We have a winning Wednesday. And then Thursday, we have a free review um, on scary topics for NCLEX. So next week, Oktoberfest, sign up for it by going to remartnurse.com slash games. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Now let's get into our topic for tonight. It is postpartum hemorrhage. I will be abbreviating it as PPH. And this really is an unfortunate consequence of labor. Yeah. And what happens is if we define it, postpartum hemorrhage is commonly defined as blood loss of 500 milliliters or more within 24 hours after birth. So this is a very immediate um consequence of labor. And also, if you have had a um, vaginal delivery, that's more than 500, but it could be more than a thousand after a cesarean delivery. All right. So tag your nursing friends because this is an important topic. And postpartum hemorrhages, although not very common, they are considered in a medical emergency. So you need to know them for NCLEX. But about 2% of women uh, may suffer from postpartum hemorrhage after giving birth. So what are the risk factors of a woman having postpartum hemorrhage? You need to know this. They are fetal macrosomnia, okay? Um, and that is just a larger than expected infant. Pregnancy-induced hypertension can cause postpartum hemorrhaging. Pregnancy generated by assistive reproductive technology, so um, in vitro fertilization and the likes of those things. Severe vaginal or perineal lesions. And if a woman has had history of bleeding, then that can also predispose her to postpartum hemorrhage. So the usual suspects, if you have a history of it, if you have an um, an abnormal labor, either the assisting of the pregnancy or you have some complications during your pregnancy, it can lead to complications afterwards. Come on in, everybody. You made it to our Winning Wednesday. Tonight, we're talking about postpartum hemorrhage. And I'm really glad that you're here because this is a subject that once you go over it, you have it in your minds for a long time. Now, the etiology or the causes of PPH are called the four T's. And the four T's are tone, 
Okay. Oh, I got to shout this out. Shout out to Nurse Bryson. And I always stop and pause for the cause. And the cause is, you got your nursing license. She says, thanks, Regina. I took my RN NCLEX last Tuesday. One of the urinary incontinence questions from your live was on there. Oh, never stop believing. Never stop believing that it pays to show up and study. Congratulations. I'm so proud of you, Nurse Bryson. So proud of you. So the four T's of the PPH are tone, um, and that refers to uterine autonomy. And what can happen is that the uterus loses strength. And so it's not able to contract like it needs to, that that usually helps stop the bleeding. And so if you have weak uterine muscles, you have an atani, then that puts you at risk for bleeding. Uterine trauma also can disrupt the muscular tissue that is used for contracting. All right. Another thing is retained placental tissue. And this is a cause when the placenta does not come out as a what? as a whole piece. And so you have pieces of tissue remaining inside of the uterus, and that's going to cause some bleeding to happen. All right. Because the body's going to be trying to flush that tissue out. And so we would just have to remove all of that tissue and that would help with the hemorrhaging. And then if there is any kind of blood clotting condition or formation, thrombin is that fourth T. And so there are some conditions that will cause bleeding in the postpartum mother. And so that can contribute to this condition, PPH. Well, what are the signs and symptoms of the postpartum hemorrhaging? And if you look at the little icons here, I think they do a good job of kind of uh, reflecting what those uh, presentations are clinically. So we're going to have a hypotension, which just makes sense because the circulating blood volume is what? Is it high or is it low? Yeah, the circulating blood volume is low, so you're going to have an issue with hypotension. And when the blood volume is low, the blood pressure is low, what does the heart rate do? Well, we can expect the heart rate to increase as a compensatory mechanism. Also, some things that we're going to see are a decrease Red, red blood, so the patient may appear to be a little anemic. Pale or clammy skin, this also is reflective of the patient being in shock, okay? Nausea and vomiting and worsening abdominal or pelvic pain. Worsening abdominal or pelvic pain. Yep, respiratory rate will be increased as well. Good job. Love the comments. They always help. How do you determine if a, if a mom is having a postpartum hemorrhage? Well, you can absolutely do blood tests like the hematocrit and looking for etiology of a clot specifically. You can look at those clotting factors, but also doing an ultrasound is going to give you a view of what the uterus is doing. Now, we as nurses, I'm telling you right now, we are not going to be reading ultrasounds. That is something for the technician to do or the doctor to do. But we do have to get that process started. It is usually the nurse who notes, hey, my patient is saturating a pad more than an hour or 20 minutes, right? So yes, exactly. The nurses are going to be focused on the objective data 
the patient complaining, the doctor is going to be focused on more of the diagnostic tests. So don't get too involved in knowing that for NCLEX. That's really not our bag. What we do have to know is the medications that we can that can be administered or can be anticipated with this condition. And so with the medications, because postpartum hemorrhage is considered like a specialty condition, you 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 normally are going to have some sort of um OB or prenatal or maternity or labor and delivery experience, you don't have to know the medications in terms of the dosage that is appropriate, but you do want to know the class of medication and specifically oxytocin. That is going to be the one that you're going to want to take in to NCLEX with you. All right. But um, the uterotonics are going to help that uterus contract because we need the contractions of the uterus. We need that cramping sensation in order for the hemorrhaging to stop. That's going to be the major priority, okay? So there are many medications that you can give, four that I have listed here. The most important one is going to be the oxytocin, all right? Another thing that you can do for treatment is the bilateral uh, uterine massage and also if the hemorrhaging is because of a laceration in the vagina or in the cervix area, you need to repair that laceration. Also, if there is an artery that has been compromised, you're going to have to um, find the embolus in the artery and remove it. Also, if it is a bleeding situation like a DIC condition, then blood transfusions are going to help and restore the hemoglobin and hematocrit that's lost. So pretty straightforward treatment. Um, if it's a, a issue of the uterine muscles not being strong enough, we're going to give them some medication that's going to pump them up, right? The oxytocin. We're going to manually massage that uterus, and we may have to do a blood transfusion if the hematocrit or hemoglobin drops past a certain point. All right, and the doctor's orders are going to be involved in all of those things. So our nursing responsibilities, we are going to assess the maternal history and present status. That's all on us, the registered nurses. We assess, assess, assess. We are palpating the fundus of the woman's uterus to make sure that it is not boggy. We are administering the prescribed medications and we are being, we are being, we are being very um, consistent with offering a woman the ability to ambulate to and from the bathroom, okay? Because that's going to be important too. At least every four hours are going to be necessary for her to empty out her bladder, okay? And it's very important because a full bladder actually can displace the uterus. Did you guys know that? So that's why we make sure that a woman voids uh, before we do any kind of fundus assessment, we need to make sure to reduce the bladder pressure. All right, perfect. Now, another thing that we need to focus on is if a woman is experiencing any kind of respiratory distress for NCLEX, that we have to administer oxygen 
buy a face mask. This is a point that sometimes we can forget and nursing students will choose that nasal cannula. Nasal cannula for um, postpartum or labor and delivery is not the best, all right? So it's gonna be the face mask. The rate is about four liters per minute, okay? And then also position her supine to allow blood flow adequately to the brain and the kidneys. Now, postpartum, it's gonna be supine. If the woman is in labor and delivery, what is that position supposed to be? It's not supine. If the baby's still in, what position do we put her in? All right, put it in the comments if you know. And then, so I said number six is this, monitoring maternal vital signs, Q15 minutes, all right? every And especially the blood pressure and the heart rate, okay? All right, yes, I see here. If, it's, if the woman is in labor and delivery, yes, you guys are following me. We're putting her on the left lateral side. Excellent job, Remar nurses. Y'all are sounding like nurses tonight. Okay, here's question number one. Let's get into it right now. The nurse is caring for a postpartum client in the immediate postpartum period. Which of the following findings would be an early sign of hemorrhage? Oh, this is good. Okay, number one, a pulse rate from 78 to 123 beats per minute. Two, axilla temperature of 100.4 degrees Fahrenheit. Three, blood pressure of 119 over 72. Or four, a respiratory rate of 21, okay, breaths per minute from 20. So what say of you guys, um, what would be an early indication of hemorrhage? And I'm not going to even hold you. I ain't, look. I ain't even going to hold you. You guys are on one accord and you got this one right. It is number one. So that pulse rate jumping up and becoming tachycardia during the first hour of the fourth stage of labor. Okay. The fourth stage of labor um, is when we're looking at the recovery, right? So the blood pressure, pulse, and breathing of the mother should be checked every 15 minutes. And a pulse rate that is going up is an early indicator of blood loss because the heart is beating faster, remember, to compensate for a diminished blood volume. And so as the blood pressure lowers, uh, then the blood volume decreases. So this may not be the first sign that lowering blood pressure, but you may see the heart rate going up, okay, as the first sign. Number two, the nurse is doing an assessment in a postpartum client and notes that the fundus is firm, but the bleeding is excessive. What is the initial action of that nurse? Number one, document the findings. Two, initiate uterine massage. Three, inform the healthcare provider. Or four, place the client in the Trendelenburg position. Okay. Now this is what's happening here. The nurse is doing an assessment in the postpartum client and notes that the fundus is firm, but the bleeding is excessive. All right. 
what is the initial nursing action? What should the nurse do? Okay. All right. Now, this is interesting because you have something here that is a clue to you. And I think y'all are missing it. Matter of fact, I know a lot of you guys are missing it. Let me let me reveal the right answer and let's let's explain and go over it. So the correct answer here is number what do you think it is? Is number three, guys. She needs to call the doctor or he needs to call the doctor. A lot of people picked, what did you guys pick? You were picking uh initiate uterine massage. Why is this not right here? I know it seems right. And I know it seems easy, like the nurse needs to do something, but uterine massage is not correct because of what? What are we told in the question stem? What are we told in the question stem? All right. The exactly, exactly, exact, exactly. It's already firm. Okay. The uterus is already firm. So I don't need to massage it. I'm having excessive bleeding. What do I need to do? I need to let the doctor know because if the bleeding is excessive and suspected, the cause may be a, a laceration of the cervix or the birth canal. And so massaging a firm fundus is not going to get it. It's not going to control the bleeding. All right. Um, and, and also, a lot, some people put Trendelenburg position, but no, we don't want to put the patient in Trendelenburg position. All right, that's not that's not it. And then just documenting it is not going to be appropriate because we're delaying treatment. If the cervix is lacerated, the doctor needs to know. Okay. All right. You guys will catch it. You guys will catch it. That's why we show up here because reading is fundamental. Reading is fundamental. All right, Vanessa A, congratulations. That's a cute little baby girl. That's a cute little baby girl. And I'm so glad you passed your NCLEX. Congratulations. All right, question number three. All right, let me see. Uh, all right, question number three. The nurse, I'm, I'm happy you're back, Lana. I'm happy. The, the nurse is assigned to four clients in the maternal ward. Who among the clients is at highest risk for hemorrhage? Okay, is it number one? a Prima Paris client who delivered three hours ago. Two, a multi-Paris client who delivered five hours ago. Three, a Prima Paris client who delivered seven hours ago and had epidural anesthesia. Or four, a multi-Paris client who delivered a large baby after oxytocin induction. All right. I see the answers rolling, rolling, rolling in. We got over 500 nurses studying for NCLEX right now. Amazing. Largest NCLEX review hands down anywhere. I don't care. No, nowhere else in the planet are you going to find 500 nurses getting down on this NCLEX information. Oh, man, I'm so happy to be a part tonight. So the answers are coming in, and I think we are all on one accord tonight. Ah, 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 there may be one. It may be one. The correct answer is actually number four. And the reason why is because we talked about certain risk factors. Yes, fire, guys. Uh, we talked about certain risk factors that may predispose a woman to hemorrhage, including previous postpartum hemorrhage. OK, 
okay? Also, we have placenta previa, abruptio placenta. If you have quick facts, those two are in there to study tonight. We have multiple gestation, which our patient here had, a large neonate, infection, multiparity. If a, if a baby had a shoulder dystocia or a labor that is prolonged, if there was an operation such as cesarean or forceps delivery or even interuterine manipulation, these are all factors that predispose a woman to the um, postpartum hemorrhage. Okay, so if you got it, you got it. You on top. You on top right now. Next question. I'm keeping. I'm rolling. I'm rolling tonight. Question number four says this: the nurse is assessing. The nurse is assessing the client who delivered two hours ago. The nurse notes that the uterus feels soft and boggy. What is the initial action of the nurse? Number one. Elevate the client's legs. Two, record the findings. Three, inform the healthcare provider. Four, massage the fundus until firm. Here we go. Now is y'all time to shine. <laughs> if you didn't, um, all right. If you didn't get it the first time, you got to get it this time. All right, what is it now? I'm I'm just letting y'all have y'all glory. <laughs> All right, the correct answer is going to be yes. Now we know we're gonna massage the fundus. Yes, we're gonna massage the fundus. If it is boggy and soft, then you massage. If it's firm, you leave it alone. Oh, I didn't have I didn't have a rhyming word for firm. Mm. Anyways, next time. Question number five says this. The nurse is administering uterotonics to a postpartum client as ordered. Which of the following is not a uterotonic? Number one, is it going to be oxytocin? Two, methogen? Three, carboprost? Or four, morphine. Come on with it, guys. Come on with it. Hey, we are getting down today. We did postpartum hemorrhage and we had our five NCLEX questions. I'm going to give you guys the answers, even though some of you got this one incorrect. It definitely is going to be morphine. Morphine is not, it is not a uterotonic. It is a pain medication. Okay. Pain medication. So that is something that you will remember, all right? You will remember that moving forward. Hey, if you want to do more questions with me, next week is the jump off week for our Inclextoberfest. And so you need to sign up at remarnurse.com forward slash games because that is your one stop to get access to everything that we will be doing next week. So next week is Monday Motivation. We have game night on Tuesday, all right? We have winning Wednesday again next week, all NCLEX related. And then we have our scary topics review, all right? So the scary topics on NCLEX is 
your um, review for next week. And it's about a two-hour review. So you definitely want to be in the house. If you sign up for forward at remarnurse.com forward slash games, you will get the workbook for Scary Topics, okay? So you will get the workbook. And we will be going over some farm at Scary Topics too. So if you are down for the cause, get in there, all right? Um, and I will see you guys. Also, if you need to... If you need to know more about your specific NCLEX review, you can text me directly. Now, I need you to text the word NCLEX to this number. This number is 855-696-0132. And that is how some of you guys have been texting me and chatting with me. All right, guys. So I'm thank you guys so much for showing up at Winning Wednesday tonight. My message to you is... Sign up for Inclextoberfest, and I will see you Monday. Remember, you can, you will, and you must pass Inclex. Ride with me all week next week. See you later. Bye-bye.